us forward of the day. This morning, as we're continuing through Scripture, we come to 2 Samuel chapter 11. This chapter records what has been called David's great sin. It's the sin that David commits with Bathsheba. And I'm sure you've all heard the story, but I kind of want to recap it and let you know where we are in Scripture. David now has already reunited the, the nation of Israel. He is leading Israel into their one of their greatest ages. And in chapter 11, the Bible begins by saying, at the times when kings go to war, David stayed home. And that's, that's vital because during this time period, war people, the enemies who were battling, they wouldn't go to war in winter because it made moving soldiers difficult. It made fighting difficult. And so they would wait for the weather to break before they resumed any wars they were fighting. And David, as the king of Israel, should have been at the battle with Israel leading the army, but it doesn't go. He sends his generals instead. He stays home, and while he's at home, he's up on the roof. He is looking for something to grab his attention, and something does. He sees Bathsheba bathing herself, and he after her. And so he sends his 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 helpers there, his servants, to kind of find out about her. And they come back and say, "This is Bathsheba. It is Uriah's wife." And he names the father because her father was a general in David's army, a respected man. So right there, he knows that this woman is off limits. And not because she's someone's daughter, but because she has a husband. And David as the king, he had, at this point, he had seven wives. He had many concubines. I'm not, I'm not justifying this. I'm not saying that's what we should do now. I'm just saying that was the culture. That was what they did. And so if he wanted to take another concubine or take another wife as king, he was completely, you know, in his right to do that. And that that was something he could do, but not with Bathsheba because she's someone's wife. She's already taken. So God gives David a way of escape there. And that, that reminds us in the Bible, Jesus, the Bible says, Paul says that when whenever we're tempted, you know, God doesn't put more on us and doesn't tempt us with more than we're able to bear. But when he does tempt us or when we are tempted, he makes a way of escape. So what the Bible is telling us there and what God is showing us here is that when we fall to temptation or we give into temptation and we sin, it's not because we couldn't help it. It's not because we didn't know what we were doing. God always gives us a way of escape. He always shows us a way to, uh, to get out of the temptation and not sin. So when we sin, we choose to sin. And David chose to sin. He knows it's wrong, but he doesn't care. He brings Bathsheba into the palace, into his bedroom. They have an affair. He sends her home, but then he finds out she's pregnant. And now he's got to try to cover it up. And so what he does is he invites Uriah back, her husband, back from the front lines to give him a report, assuming a soldier who's been at battle for a while, you know, he comes home, he'll give his report to the king, but then he'll go home to his wife and he'll spend the night with his wife and reconnect with his wife. And when Bathsheba has the baby, everybody will assume it's Uriah's. Uriah will think it's his. So Uriah comes home, he gives a report, but he doesn't go home. He, he stays and sleeps in the palace courtyard and he tells David the next morning, you know, I, I just, I didn't feel good going home to enjoy my bed and enjoy my family and enjoy my house and enjoy my wife when my, my comrades are still sleeping in tents, when they're still in danger. So David goes to plan B. He gets, has Uriah stay one more day, gets Uriah drunk and figures, well, he's drunk. He's not going to be thinking clearly. He'll go home. He'll do what husbands do. 
especially when they're drunk and everything will be fine. But Uriah gets so drunk he passes out at his doorstep and everybody sees him, so everybody's gonna know he didn't go home, he didn't spend the night with his wife, and so now he goes to plan C. He sends Uriah back with a note that is his death sentence. He tells the head general, says, hey, I want you to send Uriah into the hottest part of the battle, and when the battle's raging hard, pull him back and let him be killed. Now, this happens, but in doing so, in killing Uriah, hundreds of other Israelite soldiers are killed as well. So David covers his sin by not only having Uriah murdered, but allowing other Israelite soldiers to die in the process of covering his sin. He allows Bathsheba to mourn, then he marries her, brings her to the palace, they have the baby, everyone assumes it's his baby, and look what the Bible says at the very end of chapter 11, verse 27. And when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife and bare him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. That is the saddest statement about David's life. He is the man after God's own heart. He is the champion who defeated Goliath. He is the hero who reunited Israel. He is the, the general that cast out the Philistines and the enemies of Israel. He is the king that every king after him is compared to, but what he did displeased the Lord. And we've all heard sermons about this chapter, about this, this verse, and the effects of David's sin. I mean, David's sin doesn't just affect him. It affects hundreds and hundreds of people. Of course, it affects Uriah. He is killed because of David's sin. It affects Bathsheba. Her husband is killed because of David's sin. It affects his family because in chapter 12, the child they had out of wedlock, the, the child they had because of this adulterous relationship dies because of God's judgment. The Bible says that the sword never leaves from David's family. Later on in the, the Bible, because of this sin, one of his sons rapes his sister. Then another son kills that rapist brother and tries to dethrone David and take over the kingdom. And David's family's just a mess, but they're not the only ones that's affected. I mean, what about the, the hundreds of Israelite soldiers who died trying to cover up David's sin? Their families are affected. Those are families who lost a husband and a father and a son because of David's sin. And we can spend a lot of time looking at the effects of our sin on everyone else in our life. And that's, that's true. And that's vital and that's important. Just a few weeks ago, I preached a sermon about that on this very verse. But the saddest part, the most tragic part of David's sin is right there. What he did displeased God. What he did broke his relationship and his fellowship with God. Because of his sin, God would not have anything to do with him until he confessed it and repented of it. And he does in the next chapter. Psalms 51 is all about David's repentance and David's getting back to God. It's a beautiful story of redemption and reconciliation with God the Father. But we need to understand that when we sin, yeah, we are hurting, not just us, but we are hurting everyone in our life, but we are also displeasing our Heavenly Father. And that's what sin is. Sin is displeasing God. So we need to look into our hearts and ask God daily, several times a day, God, is there anything in my life that's displeasing to you? Is there anything in my life that is breaking 
our fellowship? Is there anything in, our, in my life that I need to get rid of and get right with you? Yeah, David's sin affected hundreds of people, and there's truth to that. That we need to be aware of that, that when we sin, it doesn't just affect us. It affects everyone around us. But the greatest tragedy of our sin is our sin hurts God. Our sin breaks our fellowship with God. Let's live a life that is pleasing to God. Thanks so much for joining us for our Word of the Day. Be back here tomorrow as we continue through the Scriptures. Have a blessed day.